welcome to Writing on Wednesdays, a podcast about building a healthy and sustainable writing process from beginning to end, but mostly in the middle. I'm Sarah Bariza, a writer and musician living in St. Louis. And I'm Nicole Rokas, an author, speaker, and writing coach in Toronto. Today, we're talking about the challenges and strategies of writing when it is not your main source of income, plus a tip and tool about using rituals for better writing life balance. So get your pens ready, pull up a chair, and join us for a weekly Wednesday writing date. So Sarah, let's get right into the thick of it, a part of the show where we focus in on one idea, strategy, or topic as it pertains to the writing process. Today, we're talking about writing when it isn't your main income. And Nicole, that is sort of kind of the case for both of us. So we're going to start out by talking about like, what do we actually mean by writing when it isn't your job, quote unquote, and talk about how this writing is different from writing that you are seeing as part of your main um, your main source of income or your day job. Yeah. And Sarah, I think that we each, even though we're kind of in the same place on this question, generally speaking, as in neither of us are New York Times bestselling authors, you know, or journalists, <laughs> or, or, or journalists, or, or what have you. Um, we also sort of see writing slightly differently when it comes to jobs and income stuff. And we have different end goals for our career. Like we want to be in different places in 10 years, I think. I think so too. Mm -hmm. We still want to be friends though, right? Yay, yes, friends. (laughs) (laughs) So as Nicole and I were thinking about this topic, we realized that writers generally fall into two categories. There's writers for whom writing is their bread and butter day-to-day job. They're journalists, they're full-time authors, that's how they make their living, that's their full identity. And then there's the rest of the writing world. And the the rest of writers could be people for whom writing is a hobby, or it could be people like Nicole and I, where writing is a big part of our professional identity, but not our full-time source of income. So we we wanted to talk about what does that actually look like, given that this other category, the not full-time authors, that's a huge category of us writers. Mm, it is. And I mean, many of us put as much hours into this as our full-time job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And why on earth would we want to do that? That's yeah. a huge question. Yeah. <laughs> so let's dig into this, Sarah. What does this look like for you on the ground? Because I think that this actually looks a bit differently when, when we compare our own lives to each other. It does. It does. We have we have different um, – while we're in the same general category, we do have different um, ways that writing plays into our professions. For me, the writing that I do is primarily geared towards my industry colleagues. So that's other musicians, other people in uh, church work, pastoral work, nonprofit work. And – my writing is partially supported by the institution where I work in that I have a lot of flexibility with my schedule and a lot of space given towards creative pursuits that are under the general topic umbrella of the work that I do. However, this work is not um, is not super directional. It's not like I have deadlines on this. It's not like anyone is checking up on me. This is all my own motivation to do all of this work. So it falls under the umbrella of my job, but it's not, you know, people will notice if I don't show up at at church on Sunday morning to do the service that I'm there for, but they're not going to know if I don't show up to write. Now, the other big piece of the writing that I do is that the writing that I do is a big part of my professional identity. So this is for your non-job writing. Yeah, this is this. Well, it's but it's sort of for my job. It's that's I think that's why it's messy, because most of the writing that I do is generally under that 
job description bullet point of like reaching out to my colleagues and creating resources for people in the same field as I am. Mm. So within your job, do you have the act you have as part of your job description that you're supposed to be doing some writing outreach stuff. But it, it isn't specifically labeled as writing. So for instance, if I were a composer, I would have the same amount of creative time in my schedule, but I would be composing in that time. Or if okay. I were a concert musician, I would be spending that time doing concerts. It just happens that I'm a writer. I don't have to, this time doesn't have to be spent writing. I choose to make it writing. Interesting. So some of the writing that you do as Sarah Bariza is actually during your quote unquote work hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And under yeah, yeah, the yeah. auspices of your job, but then some of it isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for instance, I host two podcasts that are geared towards my industry colleagues, and I consider them as under the general umbrella of my job. And then I host this podcast with you, Cole. It's not under the umbrella of my job. Mm-hmm. I consider this as a completely for fun, um, or at least completely not under the umbrella of my job. Got it. Yeah. So it's it's complicated. And um, one other point that I wanted to make, though, about platform is that my writing and my podcasting were not the reason I got the full-time job that I have, but were a strong supporting reason for mm-hmm. it. So while I can't say, oh, I got XYZ dollars from my blog, I don't get any dollars from my blog, but because I do that kind of work, I was able to get the job that I did this past year. And I'm seeing that pattern continue. And I think, Cole, this is something you're going to talk about, where the work that we do that is initially unpaid, but that is professional, leads to paid opportunities, such as speaking engagements, or those kinds of opportunities as our credibility grows as we continue to show up and do the work day after day, week after week, year after year. Yeah. What does this look like for you, Cole? Yeah. So I've been thinking, you know, what, what does writing look like? for me, that's not my job. Um, and my professional situation has changed a bit over the last few years. So I'm going to speak to just, I'm going to think of where I'm at right now. Um, right now, my quote unquote job, my day job, my day job is with a nonprofit organization. I was recently, I'd been working with them for a while. And then I was recently, um, hired as their communications coordinator. So as you can imagine, I do a lot of writing for that job. And I, I will be, especially as I now step into this communications coordinator position, I will be doing even more. So that's one half of my professional life. The other half of my professional life is what I've been doing for a lot longer, which is blogging, podcasting, um, writing, coaching, book writing, and um, speaking. Mm-hmm. All of those under my name, Nicole Rogus. So if you would have asked me, like, I, I think I relate to those different kinds of writing very differently. Like, they're very different in my mind. And if you, if you would have asked me a year, two years ago, what the difference is, what makes these kinds of writing different, these two arenas of writing different, I would have said, well, one, I get an income from, <laughs> one, <laughs> one pays the bills and one doesn't. But now, you know, now that my book has been out there for a while, I'm doing more speaking engagements, I'm doing more coaching, actually... It's sort of now that's not really the difference because I get like, I think I got a third of my income last year from my own personal writing or writing related activities. Yay, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really exciting. So, so now, but they're still very different in my mind. And I'm still thinking, okay, what, what makes them different just on a conceptual level? And what I've kind of boiled it down to is that the work that I do for my job, I have very limited freedom deciding what that writing is and how to go about it, and what the message should be, and what the branding should be. That's all 
under the umbrella of my organization. And my writing is in service of the organization. The organization leaders are telling you, here's what we want. And then you produce the content. You shape it as a writer, but you're not originating the content, right? I wish I wish they were always telling me because that would make things easier. No, it's more, yes, that's the idea. But really, when you're doing communications for an organization, it's much more like you are absorbing the mission of the organization mm, and then yeah. and then using that to to fulfill the communications needs that they have. Mm-hmm. So that's one difference. I have less freedom when it comes to my quote unquote work writing, my job. Whereas with my personal writing, I, I have total freedom. I mean, um, I choose what my brand, I, I choose how I'm going to, what my branding strategy is going to be. I choose the books that I uh, commit to, et cetera. Okay. So another, another difference is that for my job, I'm externally motivated. I have a boss. I have a review coming up in two months, a performance review. And it's much more like I, I have to write according to the needs of the organization. We have a monthly newsletter. I can't say, well, I think it should be weekly or I think it should be quarterly. (laughs) I I just don't feel like doing it right now. (laughs) Yeah. So all of that is, is like, I have these external accountability things that I have to um, abide by. Whereas for my book, for my blogging, all of that is intrinsically motivated. Um, so, I mean, th- to me, th- those are those are the differences. And obviously, with my day job, it's more income than my personal writing, even though I do make some some writing. Um, and it's also stable income. And uh, and so those for me, that's that's the difference between my work and non-work writing. One more difference is that I never put my name on anything I write for my organization. Oh, that's these newsletters, social media posts. I never have a byline. I never. So my readers, you know, if they're reading my book or whatever, and they look me up, they wouldn't be able to tell that um, they might eventually find out I work for an organization, but they wouldn't be able to tell Mm -hmm. that, oh, I wrote that press release. Yeah. And I don't even put the name of like the organization in like my author bio. uh, Because to me, these are quite separate professional roles that I'm in mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily they don't necessarily like for you you have a clear sort of you're working in the same industry that your personal writing is geared yeah. at yeah. and for me that's not that's not really the that's case not the case yeah. yeah yeah so how do you feel like you prioritize or deprioritize like your different kinds of writing like how does that play out on a day-to-day week-to-week I realize you're in like book book crunch time but how does that generally work out for you Hope my boss isn't listening. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, <clears throat> as I said, I like this new position that I have as the communications coordinator is actually rather new. <laughs> and so I'm still kind of like getting used to, and I took it, I was hired like right when I was getting into crunch time with my book. Um, so right now it's like, I'm still learning how to juggle all of these things, but what I have always struggled with, whether it's, uh, you know, whether I was in graduate school still doing my coursework and also doing personal writing or in other professional settings, like I really struggle with <laughs> deprioritizing my personal writing and prioritizing my work and income earning writing, which oh. is like so bad. <laughs> but um, I think the reason is because my personal writing, a it feels more urgent and it feels more a part of me. Mm-hmm. And, it, um, it and that's like reflected my in name, how you write. See our episode on vulnerability. <laughs> yeah. And part of it is because my name goes on this writing in a way that my name doesn't go on writing for my organization. Mm. And so I, I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like I'm on the line in a different way. It's not that the 
writing for my organization doesn't feel important or I don't feel like I still really do try want and do a good job and like and all of that. It, but it doesn't it goes through like several vetting stages through the organization mm-hmm. by the time it's like out in the world. So I'm not as like, oh, I'm on the line and it's all on my shoulders kind of thing. And I also tend to have more firm deadlines for my own work. It's either a book deadline or something I've committed to. Um, and again, if I don't follow through on that, it's my name that that person will associate with it. This is like coming down to platform and reputation and credibility. Yeah. And like I I don't really – I tend to deprioritize writing in favor of other things with very, very pressing deadlines Sunday comes every week and I better be ready. Like it's, I have those kinds of, um, those commitments that aren't writing related, but that take up a lot of time. And of, and of course they do like, that's like the, the main part of my job. The writing is just like one pillar of it. And I tend to lean into the other stuff. Although, as we talked about, um, in our last, last, uh, last regular episode, it's now the summer of writing and I have a <laughs> lot less week to week commitment and a lot more creative time, which I'm, I'm really leaning into. It's exciting. In terms of prioritizing, I will say that the more I take ownership of my job-related writing, so for me, that's for my organization, like the more I take ownership of that and really lean into the mission of the organization and see all of the writing that I do from the vantage point of the organization, Uh the more, I guess, the more satisfying it is and the more a part of me it feels. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. And again, this is like sort of new for me because I haven't been with this organization for very long, but I'm noticing, you know, the, the sense of mission and stuff is a lot more readily accessible for me when it comes mm-hmm. to my own writing. But now I'm like learning the mission of my organization and it's like, oh, I actually have to get to that same point mm-hmm. with the writing I do for my job. Yeah. It, it needs to feel like that's my mission. When and it, it's not job. like the mission of your organization is contrary to your personal values or anything. No, it's not. And they do have a clear, like, it's a very, you know, strategically thinking organization. So it's, I've been in an organization, in organizations before where they didn't actually really have a clear sense of purpose or mission, but that that's not the case with where I'm working now. So I can actually like lean into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's great. So yeah, yeah, we should, we should, uh, we should touch base um, in a few months and see how, see how it continues to feel for you. <laughs> oh, it sounds like for both of us that the writing we do that isn't our main bread and butter job kind of thing, that writing is really important because we want to share ideas, we want to communicate, we want to connect with people. And that's a huge, huge internal motivation that keeps both of us staying the course. Yeah. And I think always have. I mean, we've been friends for quite a while and both of us are communicators. Like mm-hmm. we're both people who... Yeah you know, like it or not, we would probably be writing things down. Like if we were in prison or something and they didn't even give us paper, we'd be finding rocks to like scrawl things across the wall with because we're just, that's just how mm-hmm. deeply Sarah's looking at me with really big eyes. Right now. Like, <laughs> why are you using that example? No, but well, I'm thinking more like, well, I'd be talking to people. Yeah. Okay, I don't, I, don't I don't care so much about the medium. Like I do like to write, but I care more about the communication. It, for me, the medium doesn't matter as much. But you, I think, are very, like, you want to write specifically. I don't know. I mean, I started podcasting yeah, before you. Yeah, you've got two podcasts. So now. I don't know. But um, yeah. we do a, we do a lot I'm, of writing I think I'm a podcast, slightly though. more introverted than you. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Anyway, so the point is we're both communicators. And I, A, I think that's why we both tend to gravitate towards jobs that involve communicating. 
not just in an HR way where you're on the phone all day, mm-hmm. but like actually, you know, strategic communication. Mm-hmm. Like you're communicating ideas to other people and maybe convincing yes. other people of whatever mission or value that you're trying to espouse. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah. And I also think that that's why writing is a part of like our personal professional identities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, regardless of whatever job we have mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been the case for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And so to wrap things up, I think that what we have just described are two people who want to communicate and want that to be part of their professional identity, but aren't full-time journalists. And we've been both been able to make that happen. And we're continuing to make that happen. Sarah, I'm really curious. Like, if you could not, would you rather writing be your full-time income? Or no, for you, I don't think so. like, do you enjoy, like, having this kind of sort of crossover attention thing between work writing and non-work writing? I enjoy it and I find it really productive. And I think it's because basically all the writing that I do is related to the work that I do full-time. It's all mm. it's all in a big basket. I work a lot more than 40 hours a week because I, I really like doing this stuff. And it really kind of, it's like I don't, it's not that I don't have hobbies, but I don't have hobbies because they're all, all the different kinds of things that I do fall under this really great big, big umbrella. Yeah. So I don't I don't um see myself heading towards full-time writing because I would really miss I would really miss the miss the musical aspects of what I do. That's interesting because I think I would rather I mean not immediately and again if my boss is listening I it's not this is not an immediate goal I'm just saying eventually you know 10 or 15 years down the line like my ideal is to be a full-time writer mm-hmm. and, and you're that, already at a third that, of your income which is really good. A third of my, yeah, I don't think it'll end up being that much this upcoming year. But anyway, because um, I did a lot of speaking engagements this year, and I, I don't think that it, that's sustainable. But, like, I hope eventually to end up as a full-time writer. And so when I when I talk about my work writing and my non-work writing, like, I learn a lot from my job, and I really enjoy being a part of the organization. But I think in the back of my mind, it's like I am taking all of that sort of with the intention of one day using everything that I learned to become a full-time writer coach, you know, Mm -hmm. speaker. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. I think that that's like sort of the crucial difference between both of us with how Mm -hmm. we view our writing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And we have have really different end goals. Even if writing and publishing and speaking are both a big part of what we do and want to do. So we want to hear from listeners. First of all, what category of writers are you in? Are you the New York Times bestseller who or journalist who can... Uh, or do you work for your hometown newspaper? <laughs> yeah. Um, but more, probably more importantly, uh, and more actionable here is how do you prioritize work or writing that's your own and may not have external accountability attached to it, like income or a boss telling you to write? How do you prioritize that kind of writing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let us know. Um, you can leave a note on the show notes at writingonwednesdays.com or on our Facebook group. Just search for Writing on Wednesdays. And now we've come to Tips and Tools, a segment about building better writing systems one small step at a time. This week, Nicole, you wanted to share about how you're using rituals to build better work-life balance, or should I say writing life balance? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I love writing and, uh, and I do a lot of my writing from home. I do a lot of work for my job from home. But what I don't like about writing and creative work is that it easily leads to a completely structureless day, which I do not thrive on. So um, lately, I've been trying to get into better habits of keeping 
daily rituals just to lend a kind of structure to my day. I've always had kind of a good morning routine, but the sense of structure just sort of peters out by the end of the day and I just lose all sense of time and I'm, you know, sort of all over the place in my head. Mm -hmm. So here are some rituals in case you're kind of in that boat as well. Here are some rituals that I am currently either working on building into my routine or have built into my routine and they've had positive impacts. So the first is taking a lunch hour walk and it might be as little as just, you know, a 10 or 15 minute walk around the block. And this is in addition to like a morning workout or, or what have you that I usually do. Another thing is um, having a coffee in the afternoon. Oh, that sounds which so is, hard. <laughs> which is not a challenge <laughs> to hold to at all. <laughs> um, I just, you know how but some But do you have an things. actual coffee break? Like do you like stop? I should. Yeah. Or I guess at least to take time to brew. I've it. been thinking more about doing that. That actually stresses me out in the afternoon because once I have my coffee, it's a very fruitful time. And oh, I kind of okay. So you don't want to feel like, especially mm. if I've just come back from a walk, it's kind of like, okay, grab my coffee and kind of get back into work. Oh, that time. feels good. Yeah, that feels yeah. really good. Did it, were you going to say that you, you put coffee on your to do list and then check it off? <laughs> no, just when I was writing the show notes, I was like, let's put at least one on there that I like have already done and have no problem sticking to just to pat myself on the back. And that was it. Because <laughs> there we go. I have no so problem. So what else, what else do you do in your routine? Well, around 4 or 4.30, I'm trying to kind of get to this point where I start going through all the emails and last-minute admin tasks and adding things to my to-do list for the next day. Basically, getting things to a point where I don't have to think about work or writing for the rest of the night if I don't want to. And I'm not going to, like, fall asleep or wake up the next morning feeling like I left something undone. You know, I do the same thing, too. I give myself 15 to 20 minutes before I go pick up my son from preschool. And I just blast through emails because it's like, oh, I got to do it now because I certainly can't do it once I pick him up. And I'm not yeah. going to do it all evening. And it is – I really like compressing email into that tiny time so that I don't, like, procrastinate over it. It's just like, this is my time or and I got to get it done. Or spend too much time. Yeah, because it should take a lot like, of time. Just respond just and do get it. Over just with. do it. Yep. Yeah. And then after that, I'll try and do like an hour, 45 minutes, uh, 45 minutes to an hour of housework, dishes, that kind of thing. Um, usually by that point, my apartment is kind of not in the greatest shape because I, I leave things out during the day or whatever when I'm working on stuff. And then, um, you know, once it starts to be dinner time, I have started lighting candles because that helps me That's signal nice. to myself that it's evening time. And evening is a time to relax. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I've been trying to take another walk after dinner, um, sometimes with my husband, sometimes by myself, just again to know like, okay, this is evening, we're winding down. Um, Sounds like the weather has changed working. in Canada. Is that what you're telling us? It <laughs> no, it hasn't actually. Oh, We've really? had like one or two sunny days, but my new philosophy is it doesn't matter what the weather is like. Just dress for the weather? Go outside. Uh, Even if it's raining, go outside. <laughs> you can still apparently get some vitamin D like when it's raining. Yeah. But yeah. you have to keep your skin exposed so you can't use an umbrella. Oh, well, tell me how that works. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for sharing your routines with us. Yeah. Yeah. Stay healthy. Ritualize. Mm -hmm. And now we've come to the update where we each share where we've been lately and where we're planning to go in our writing lives. So, Nicole, how about you? Yeah, I'm requesting like a two or three episode break from giving an update until my book is in. Just uh -huh. No comment, no questions, just 
Ask me in three or four weeks how I'm doing and what my update is. <laughs> Did I'm you serious. make a deadline? Okay, so I'll moving I'll, on. I'll talk about where I am. Uh, so lately I have been feeling, wow, I need to say no to more things. And I have, I moved, um, to St. Louis a year ago this month and I'm really feeling like, oh, I've filled up my plate. I have said yes to a lot of things and now I need to start, I need to change my mindset and I need to start saying no to things. So there's that. And very relevant to writing because if you say yes to too many non-writing things, you don't have time to write. And you say yes to too many writing-related things, you don't have time to write. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. it's. I think some of it is about writing what I feel like is important versus like what I have like said yes to. And that's just because it's writing doesn't mean it's writing that I want to be doing or that I feel like is important for me. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the other kind of exciting thing is, is that I recently got books for my comparative title analysis from a local bookstore. I just picked up a bunch of books from them. They ordered them, ordered them for me. And so I'm like, yay, I've, I've read through several of them because it was raining and I've got one more to go. And then I can work on that part of my book proposal. So yay. Awesome. And that's it for this week's installment of Writing on Wednesdays. You can find show notes at writingonwednesdays.com by searching for episode 19. Ratings and reviews on iTunes are an important way for people to find this podcast. So if you're enjoying the show, please rate the show and share it with your writer friends. And if you want to connect with other writers like you, just join our Facebook group by searching for Writing on Wednesdays. Until next Wednesday, happy writing. Happy writing. Happy writing.